on Voices of Experience, we're saying no more no's. We have NSA past president Brian Walter on to discuss his killer comeback technique and Kara Saletta, who will share how to turn keynote rejection into a paid workshop. Our immediate past president, Dan Thurman, is joining us to discuss how members can better leverage NSA. Let's get started. So I'm extremely excited that we have the Brian Walter with us today. Brian is one of our riskiest speakers at NSA, and he uses more surprising interactions for audiences from using everything from music parodies to having audiences scream out things like fact or crap from their chair. Mm-hmm. One really interesting little factoid that Brian just shared with me is that he once flew over banking executives in a harness for their conference. Is that true? You, right. you actually flew right in there. Like Just like you know, like uh, Peter Pan at a theatrical production, we actually flew the executives over the attendees' heads. Oh, you flew the executives? The executives, yes. That wasn't you? No, no. It's, I would have loved for it to be me, but again, it's all about the client. But today, I know that you are with us to talk about the killer comebacks technique. Yes. So why should we care about the killer comebacks technique? What, what's the problem it's solving here? Well, the problem it's solving is that when most speakers, when we're selling our speaker services to prospects, we're trying to cover everything that the prospect could possibly want to know up front. And that is almost always too much information. We're giving a self-defeating monologue, when in reality, we should be having an engaging dialogue. So the concept is to reveal things progressively through dialogue. So in other words, our job isn't to just spit out everything at once and then have the other person say, that's perfect. That, you're saying that's not really See, actually, that's, how things that's work? That's like projectile prospecting. Like, <laughs> I mean, just like, blah, there you go. Blah, just like, I've just showered you and covered you with all of this information. So now you want to hire me, right? Wrong. I get, I get it. I get it now. That makes perfect sense. Here's the concept. Uh, there are certain objections that the prospect is going to have to your speech in general or to how you deliver your speech or a part of your speech or a technique that you do in this speech that when you're talking with them is going to come up. You know this because you have pitched yourself many times here. Now, again, that, that default tendency we have is like, oh, well, I will address the objection before they can ask it. Hmm. Sometimes that serves you, but sometimes it's actually better for you to wait for them to make the objection and then you give a killer comeback. So what's the definition of a killer comeback? So a, a killer comeback basically is a crafted and practiced response to an anticipated objection that you deliver so well, Crystal, that it positions you better with the prospect than if they had not asked it. It doesn't just meet their objection. It slays their objection. See what Ooh, we did there? Uh, we, we slayed it. Slayed it. I'm excited. It's a killer comeback because if it gets back up, you oh. didn't slay it. Touche. Okay, I see where we're going here. So tell me a little bit about how you structure this. All right, so there's three parts to it. There's what I call validate, shock, and proof with emotional hook. Okay, can you give us an example? Sure, sure, absolutely. So um, I guess as you referenced in my intro there, it's like I do what I call customized infotainment. Infotainment all about them. And so there's skits, there's game shows, there's parody songs, there's audience polling, all this type of stuff. So I'm selling not just me being there, but what I will be doing there. And I think that's applicable to a a lot of speakers that we Mm -hmm. have who are, are listening to the podcast here. So my prospects... At some point, not always, but oftentimes we'll say something that goes like this. Well, Brian, that all sounds funny and good, but I'm concerned that it could be perceived as hokey. Uh Uh-oh. 
Uh oh. Because if you just like <laughs> sensed you know empathically here, uh, hokey is pretty much one of the worst possible words right. that could be applied. And if I let that take root. I'm gone. Either I'm not going to get the gig at all, mm -hmm. or I'm not going to get to do a key component of my presentation because of their fear. Mm -hmm. So again, I don't just need to meet this objection. I need to kill it. And so I am prepared for a killer comeback because I've heard this objection before and I've prepared for it. Okay. So again, let's break down the different components. One is to, like I said, to validate it. You never want to tell the prospect that they're wrong. Crystal, Crystal, you're so wrong. Wow, I'm surprised you actually got to become a VP. No, no, it couldn't possibly be, be hokey. See, uh -oh. that would be impossible. You would never do anything like that. So again, you don't want to tell a prospect that they're wrong. You want to validate their concern. So I do something like, great uh, question, Crystal, and a completely valid concern. I mean, okay. It would be the worst. You know, I'm sure you've all been at a meeting here at a previous company, you know, where someone tried to do something they thought was funny on stage, and of course, it turned into like a hokey disaster, right? Mm. And I'm smiling and nodding, and they're like, he totally heard me. Yep. In fact, oftentimes, they will break out into an anecdote and tell me some horror story. Oh, yeah, 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 no, you're totally right, Brian. In fact, Blah, 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 blah. And we all laugh at that horrible previous speaker or internal leader's hokey disaster. Right. I've actually escalated the issue here. I've not met their concern at all. I've not slayed their concern at all. I've actually increased the stakes. Right. Like, yeah, that would be a disaster. So then we go to part two, which is to what I like to say, shock them. I've got to change the narrative right now. Hmm. So I do that by, uh, and I want to do that with pretty much with a single sentence, if at all possible. Uh, so the short, punchy line that I usually do something like, fortunately, we can guarantee it will be impossible for it to be perceived as hokey. And that's exactly what happened. There's a pause. I was about to ask you, so you just pause and just, just wait pause. to wait to hear what's going to happen noticed, next. It's like you just, as a natural person, hearing what I said for the first time, didn't say anything because I've just put a guarantee out there. I get. Yeah. Fortunately, we can guarantee it will be impossible for it to be perceived as hokey. Two, three, four. Okay. And again, you you sync that. Now notice, I didn't say I. I can guarantee it will be impossible to make it, you know, to make that. I said, we. You sure did. We, because, you know, hey, prospect, crystal prospect, you and I are on the same team to slay your little concern about hoking. When it's I, suddenly it's I versus you. Okay. But when I say we, it's we. So it's like, hey, you know, we, we can make it impossible for it to be perceived as hokey. Now they're ready for the last part, which I call proof with emotional hook. Okay. Now, proof is you've got to share some sort of uh, a concept or a technique or a story uh, or a process that mm -hmm. delivers. And I used to be in advertising. We would call it pay off the headline. Okay. So you have a bold statement. Then, wow. Like, okay, like get a free iPhone and 12 months of uh, you know airtime for free. Wow. Okay, but pay it off with a ten-year contract with you know T-Mobile. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Oh, oh. So you have to pay off what you just promised. Right. Right. So right. when I say, you know, I guarantee it's impossible for it to be perceived as hokey. Mm -hmm. I now have to give them an answer. I can't just give them a factual answer. I have to hook their emotion. I have to say something that's factual and emotional. Okay. Now in this case. Um, 
I would say something. Uh, so what we will do, Crystal, is have every example, every word in our routine on stage be about your attendees' work lives. Okay. I mean, we're talking the real-world specifics that, that they love or loathe about their job. And when we make it all about them, Crystal, it's impossible for it to be perceived as hokey because their work lives and this company is not hokey. Oh, man. Boom. Because we're, no, actually, we're stupid. We're horrible. It would be, I mean, so we've hooked their emotion. We've said, we made it about your attendees. Now, again, here is the best part of this. When I finish that line and when people, other people who do this, when you say it's like, uh, you know, it's about them, um, their work lives in this company is not hokey. Right. I make them say the next thing. Oh. I just stop talking. Pause. Pause. And they say, well, yeah, and basically they mm. prove to me that the objection has been slayed. And they're probably going to say something, well, right, I, I, I see that. So, so that, that's great. Uh, well, we don't have to worry about that. I mean, they're going to close the loop for you. Wow. But that is the power of a killer comeback. So what I challenge all of our listeners who are selling their speaking services, their training services, their consulting services, what is an objection that you always get or usually get? Don't take care of all of them. Save some of them. Let them be asked, but have your answer follow this formula where you validate their concern. You get them a shock line that changes the narrative, that raises the stakes, and then you give them a proof point with an emotional hook. And when you do that, you will close more sales and you will slay their objections and you will get the gig. Thank you, Brian Walter, CSP. So what happens when you pitch yourself for a keynote slot and it's already filled. Well, our next guest will help you turn that no into another paid opportunity. In studio, we have Kara Saletto. She and her training team do over 125 engagements per year with associations and corporate groups. And somehow they still manage to get sleep and she still manages to show up for interviews with Voices of Experience. Thanks for joining us today, Kara. So glad to be here, Crystal. So I know you're with us today to talk about how you can turn keynote rejection into a paid workshop, which is huge because whether we like to admit it or not, we've all been rejected. How can you turn a keynote rejection into a paid workshop? Great question. So uh, let me give you a little background here. I used to be an association event planner Ooh. who booked speakers. Yes, this was very early in my career, but I got a sample of what it was like to be on the other side of this relationship. And I know why we picked speakers, why we disqualified speakers, and how that relationship worked. I also understand the budget side of it and how we were able to pay speakers and when we could get creative on the way that we paid them and uh, for their products or their speeches and other things. So what I learned when I was in the speaking business was sometimes I would call a, an association, particularly the state associations, this is where we really made a lot of headway with this strategy, was we would call a state association. We know they have a conference in March. Mm -hmm. And our first question was, have you picked your speakers for this coming year? And sometimes if they would say, yeah, we're already all lined up, then our next question was, okay, great. Do you do pre-conference workshops? 
Mm. And at the time, when I started to ask that question, or maybe an association person asked me, well, the keynote slots are taken, but do you do pre-conferences? I can't remember exactly how that came up, Mm -hmm. but we realized that we could take our one, two, three hours of keynote material from different topics that we teach, and we smushed it into a half-day and a full-day workshop. So then the associations had this other paid time slot that they could pay us to come in. And I was able to sell that pre-conference workshop slot for about the same price as a keynote. So it was more hours of training, of course, but because it's more hours and they get a workbook and some other things built in, I could pretty much get that same fee for the pre-conference session. That's powerful because my thinking is not only are you getting this business that you would not have already or otherwise received, but I wonder if you can parlay that into future engagement the following year. I mean, if they didn't hire you for the keynote now and you did this wonderful workshop and people want you to come back, it sounds like you're almost gearing yourself up to be hired the following year. Bingo. It's an audition (laughs) for the next year's keynote. So yes, I would get great reviews at that workshop and then people would ask for me to come back the next year. Also, when you switch over to workshop capability, Mm -hmm. you can get asked back year after year after year. So instead of just making that amount of money one time and hoping they bring you back as a keynoter three or four years later, I was invited back three, four years in a row to the same associations at that price point because I was able to bring in non-dues revenue as a pre-conference workshop. Smart. Oh, my gosh. But I mean, that's that's why we asked you to be here with us today. (laughs) You're too kind. (laughs) So here's the thing. We're listening to you. This sounds like a, a wonderful thing to do. But at the end of the day, it sounds like you almost have to be prepared for that no and to be prepared to offer that workshop. So what can speakers do to prep before a call in the event they need to turn a no into a I have a different opportunity for you? Yes, absolutely. So first things first, put into your script or your agenda, whatever questions you're typically asking, right after you ask if their lineup is full um, or has available slots, just make that a deviation of the conversation. If they say we're full, your next question should directly be, what about pre-conference workshops? If they're already full for the entire lineup, then you, of of course, go to what about next year, Right. right? Can we put a hold in or what does that look like? Another thing that I live by is sell it first, then build it. Yes. So before you make that call, I would have, or maybe you could wait till you get a bite on the phone, but I made a one-page flyer that said, I, you know, it was a full-day workshop available in half-day format as well, you know, <laughs> type of thing. And right. I put really, I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but I put very generic agenda items on there. Okay. So my specialty is reducing employee turnover mm-hmm. with a generational spin. So I just put as the agenda for this full-day workshop, retention strategies, generational dynamics, leadership tactics. You know, That's all it said. And right. it had a little bio about me being a high energy facilitator and my background in their field. Um, and then it had tangible takeaways. Everyone will get a copy of my book and everyone will get a workbook and, you know, just some little things. Again, fairly generic, right. but um, it was enough to show them that it was available and 
and to get their interest. So on the phone, if they had any interest, I would say, great, I will send you this one-page flyer about my new workshop. Wow. And we would flesh it out from there. So after right. the first group bought it, then I said, oh, crap, now I have to build this puppy, <laughs> right? And we then fleshed it out and built in some discussion questions and um, workshop activities and things, which if you don't know how to do that, you can absolutely ask your other NSA friends right. to help build that out. And it's really not that difficult. I know a lot of keynoters who are intimidated by doing a six-hour day, mm -hmm. which, by the way, all of our workshops are either three-hour half-day or six-hour full-day. Wow. We do not go beyond that. We learned the hard way that seven or eight hours in one day, it's really hard for them to retain that. Okay. Um, but a lot of keynoters think that it will be intimidating. The good thing to remember is in a workshop format, your people in the audience should be doing more talking than you are. Okay. So you can really take that one hour keynote mm -hmm. and make a three hour workshop just having them discuss the things that you're bringing up. So or, just reinforcing the points. Absolutely. Okay. It's not actually more content. Right. It's just diving deeper into it with their application and their understanding through their questions and role play or anything like that. Kara, can I just thank you for joining us on Voices of Experience and really showing us not only how we can take advantage of opportunities when we get a no, but also how we can create an additional revenue stream, if you will. So thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you so much. Now let's hear from our immediate past president, Dan Thurman, on how we can get the most out of our NSA membership. On this episode of Voices of Experience, we have Dan Thurman, who has been an entrepreneur and performer since age 12. He has spent 25 years as a speaker, and all 25 of those years, he has been a member of NSA. He spent eight years on the board of directors, and he is our immediate past president. Dan, thank you so much for being here with us today. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Crystal. So as someone who has seen the inside of NSA from every angle you can think of at this point, what resources do you see within NSA that members often don't fully leverage? Well, you know, you can't fully leverage everything because the, the value is just so huge. But this past year has been, as you know, all about member value. Mm -hmm. The VIP suites every single month, which still exist as archives. So if you happen to miss one, you can go back and revisit those, which were really focused conversations at high levels with some of NSA's highest level experts. So, you know, those are really great to revisit. Um, we have, of course, the, the opportunities that you can participate in from past experiences, past mm -hmm. magazines, the audios, the, all that program, those, those programs are great. But, but part of the problem is how do you get through it? Mm -hmm. How do you find exactly what you need in the moment? Because your right. real time need is often very different from what you have your hands on. Mm. That's why this year NSA launched the Digital Vault, which is rolling out. Uh, I'm not sure when this will be uh, out there and in, in the airwaves, but mm -hmm. it will be a repository for an incredible amount of information. Uh, but the most important thing is that it's indexed and searched, and, and so you can go in there looking to solve a specific problem and actually find it. Now, that is something that um, you know is, is going to be coming uh, and, and launched in a way um, that it will be a, a, an additional opportunity for mm -hmm. NSA members to participate in that. Mm -hmm. uh, but really, the biggest resource and biggest opportunities that I think are underutilized are probably chapter level experiences. Okay. A lot of great people still don't mind the value of their own chapter. Okay. And just, you know, picking up the phone and calling people and asking for ideas, offering value first, right. but then asking for what you need as well. So 
what I've taken from what you've just said, Dan, is that we have so many resources within NSA. First off, I love the idea of the digital vault and the fact that we have so much amazing content from successful speakers that now we can dive into as we need the content based on the subject. But on top of that, it sounds like a lot of it is just a matter of us leveraging our connections within the organization, leveraging other members as well. And that in and of itself is a skill, right? right. And, and some people are better at that than others. And, and some people are, are less, um, let's say, uh, less willing to bring forth their problems and say, hey, right. I need help. Right. This is a gap of, of experience for me or capability. But no doubt, the resources to solve your problems and give you the answers are within the, the relationships here at NSA. What advice would you have for new members who are trying to navigate what could be an overwhelming organization because of all this value, because of all the members? Yes, great question. So again, I, I direct you to the chapters. I think the chapters will have uh, great resources. If you don't live near a chapter, of course, there are many other ways to do that. And um, you know, I, I would say as soon as you can, get to an event. You know, because if you don't experience NSA one-on-one -on -one and feel the energy and feel the values, quite frankly, you know, a lot of what we did this year is we talked about what is it that makes NSA such a special really unique culture in the world in terms of how we live and how we interact with one another. And you just have to be there to fully appreciate that. Uh, and so if you don't live near a chapter, get to an event or find, or just take the leap, you know, show up at a, at a, the winter conference right. or at the laugh lab, uh, or definitely at influence 2020. You know, I have to agree with this because I remember when I first joined NSA, my mentor, Karen McCullough, she said, you have to go to influence. This is something you have to invest in. Otherwise, you're not understanding the value of NSA. And she was so right. And I, I agree with you completely. And hopefully everyone who's listening, who's new, will make an effort to get to the very first event they possibly can. Dan Thurman, thank you for joining us on Voices of Experience. Thank you, Crystal. It's been real, speaker peeps. I'll see you next week when we'll discuss trademarks, copyrights, and licensing. Oh, my. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.